Cleveland. This is Alan Keller from the Too Much Effing Perspective podcast, and welcome to Quick Taps, short episodes with short stories for short attention spans. Our theme today is when the stars align, spinal tap moments with celebrities that end up turning out pretty good. Our first story is from musician Paul Sebar of Milwaukee's legendary 1980s band, the R&B Cadets. Now we all dream of our idols becoming fans of our music, and that's what happened to Paul when Nick Lowe, the author of Cruel To Be Kind and What's So Funny About Peace, Love and Understanding, happened to take in one of the cadet shows. So we're playing the set and I'm looking out at who's coming in and there's people gathering and all of a sudden there's, you know, the kind of familiar thatch of Nick Lowe hair and I'm playing like Lee Dorsey tunes and apparently when they were starting and Brinsley's and all those guys, they were completely hopped up on Lee Dorsey and Alan Toussaint tunes. So I had just done a bunch of them, got out there and he's going, you invented it. You did it. I said, I didn't do it. We love it too, but we didn't do it. You did it. You made it up. You're the ones. So we, you know, continued to talk. And so our friends were living in this kind of Victorian joint, and they had a great record collection. We got there and we started playing records. And so we hung out for hours. We're listening to all kinds of soul music. He's grooving his head off. One of the most charming conversationalists I've encountered. And he was growing increasingly inebriated, but also like at that juncture, he would get just so loving and including everybody into this love fest. You know, it was fantastic. Next up is head of TV music at NBC Universal, Allison Schneider, who had a Las Vegas legend to dunk a Shane for this special moment. For the show Las Vegas that we did years and years ago, we wanted to have a little less conversation done for it. They didn't want to use the Elvis version. They're like, you know what? Wouldn't it be great to have Wayne Newton do a version of it? We reached out to Wayne and Wayne's like, absolutely. Come to Vegas. I'll record this for you. So we went to Vegas. We were only there for 24 hours, but we had to wait because at the time Wayne was doing his show. I'm like, okay, well, Wayne will meet you at the studio at like midnight. Wayne showed up probably about 1230 in the morning, which was such a trip. I mean, he's such a lovely man, but so Vegas. Like I've never seen hair like that in person. And we proceeded to watch him do take after take for probably about three or four hours, trying to stay awake, you know, also extremely surreal, hanging out, chatting with him between takes. And then he's like, okay, it's a wrap. And this recording studio was outside of Vegas. And everybody realized it's like, how are we going to get back to our hotel? It was so late. So Wayne's like, I'll take you. It was like just a normal standard family car. So we get in the back and Wayne's like, I'll drop you off at your hotels. It's 5.30 in the morning. We're driving down the Vegas Strip. I'm sitting behind Wayne. He's behind the wheel. And up above is this massive billboard for Wayne Newton and his show in Vegas. <laughs> and then he gets to the hotel and 
all the valets and all that just kind of cleared the way when he pulled into the driveway and he got out and he opened my door and I got out and I was like, look at me, Wayne Newton's opening my door and I'm getting getting dropped off at the hotel. It was so surreal. And our final story, which is quite a doozy, comes from Second City star Tim O'Malley, who performed on stage with Chris Farley, Tim Meadows, as well as many others. Tim told us a story about a man named Brady. I go to this four o'clock bar and I spot Robert Reed from television's Brady Bunch at the corner of the bar drinking Heineken. And I want to meet any actors I can possibly meet. And I'm like, it's really, really nice to meet you. He goes, how do you know who I was? And I said, well, I can tell from your voice. I'm an actor. Shakes my hand, says, hello, Tim. I'm Robert Reed. And I'm sitting and talking to him and we're telling stories. He's like, that's great. You're taking classes in your, I wasn't in shows yet. I was still taking classes. We drink a bunch of Heineken's and I'm a co-core back then. And I thought celebrities all had blow. So I'm thinking, I'm going to go back to wherever he's hoteling it at, and I'm going to get some cocaine. So he's got a limo waiting for him out in front of this shitty little four o'clock bar on the south side. And we get back in the limo, and a bunch of people come out for autographs. And they're passing paper in the window, and he's like, go to the other side of the limo, get Tim O'Malley's autograph. He's going to be a big actor someday. And he's being very gracious and kind and really nice. And we go back to the Drury Lane South. It was a nightclub that would import pretty big stars to do plays. So you're starring in a play called Whose Life Is It Anyway? And we go into the stars suite. This five-room Elvis's bedroom, sky blue velour around statues with fountains and steps leading up to a bedroom with a big circle bed that... You know, it's a swanky, old-fashioned stars suite. And he says, you get high, Tim? And I'm like, yes, I do, Robert. <laughs> so he drops some weed on the table. He says, why don't you roll a joint? And I'm going to take a shower. <laughs> I didn't think anything of it. I didn't know anything at the time. And he goes in, takes a shower. I have a joint rolled him, smoking it, and hand it to him. And... He's got this royal blue plush robe with RR in gold braid on the chest. And he said, Tim, would you like to spend the night? And it hits me. Oh, my God, he's gay. I'm like, Robert, uh, I'm not gay. Sorry. He's like, oh, no, no, no problem at all. You're a wonderful young man. You have a lot of future in front of you. It's no problem at all. Just thought if you'd like to spend the night, you could. I said, no, my folks live five blocks away from here. I'm home in a minute, you know, no problem. He says, Tim, can I give you a hug? And uh, I said, sure. We go for the hug and he starts to cry and hold me real tight. It's kind of scary a little bit. He's like, I'm a lonely man and I don't want to be alone tonight. Would you please stay. And I I said, I I really can't, Robert. I'm sorry. I just, I can't. Super uncomfortable. And he said, would you mind if I I gave you a kiss? And I'm like, no, I guess that would be okay. So I, you know, I let him kiss me. I didn't open my mouth. He did. I didn't 
but somehow I squeezed out of the door. And as I'm pushing the button for the elevator, he's like, Tim O'Malley, I'll never forget you. I told a bunch of guys at Second City the story. They were all singing, here's a story of a man named Brady, Brady with Tim O'Malley. And I'll never forget you, Tim O'Malley, on the wall. So years go by, and Bonnie Hunt calls me up and says, I'm going to be on the talk show in Chicago here today, and I want you to call in. It'll help your career. She has Robin Williams call in at the same time. She had made Jumanji with Robin, and we're friends with him. You know, she's trying to get me in the conversation. She mentions my name and Robin stops and says, wait a minute, this isn't, I'll never forget you, Tim O'Malley, Tim O'Malley. They go to commercial break and I'm like, Bonnie, you told this story to Robin Williams? She goes, oh no, I told it to a bunch of people in LA. Tons of people know this story. Years go by and I'm on the computer for the first time on the net and I Google myself and up pops, I'll never forget you, Tim O'Malley. And it's a book and I find the excerpt and it says a recipe for chicken. And they thought they'd come up with funny titles for some of their barbecue recipes. So I'm like, how the fuck did this get into a book? Now I'm getting scared, embarrassed, you know? So I pick up the phone, I call this guy. I go, hi, this is Tim O'Malley. He goes, what? I said, I'm Tim O'Malley. I'm, you mentioned me in your book and a quote from Robert Reed because it says the last words uttered to Tim O'Malley from Robert Reed, editor's note, who is Tim O'Malley? He's like, wait a minute, you're a real guy? He said, Tim, let me tell you something. First of all, I'm really sorry. I had no idea you're a real guy. But second, I'm gonna tell you, me and five to 10 other guys have bumper stickers that say, I'm at the bar with Tim O'Malley. We used it as an alibi with our wives when we wanted to go out like a party. And we used to say, I'll be at the bar with Tim O'Malley. So, you know, a story can echo and keep going. I mean, Robin Williams to this book to, if I Googled it, I probably could find it somewhere else. Like, I'm a legend status. I'm sure none of us will forget Tim O'Malley after that story. Thanks for joining me today. Don't forget to follow the TMEP show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts with a highly flattering, over-the-top review. We'd really appreciate it. Tune in next time when me and my co-host Alex Hoffman return to tickle you with more Spinal Tap moments on the TMEP show. Although it would be as great as having armadillos in our trousers, This podcast is not affiliated with This Is Spinal Tap, and no person or entity connected with the film has sponsored or endorsed its content. This podcast is not affiliated, sponsored, or licensed by authorized Spinal Tap LLC or Century of Progress Productions. Too Much Effing Perspective is a Milwaukee Talkies original. 
The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like the Chicago's. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzard. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Evergreen Podcast Network.